Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo, and today I have a returning guest. He is author Paul de Blasi III. Paul's book, Goddess of Everything, recently won the Speak Up Talk Radio Firebird Book Award. Paul is a depth psychologist and multi-award winning writer living in his native New Mexico. He specializes in treating individuals in emotional and spiritual crisis. His novels, visionary thrillers, delve deep into archetypal realities as they play out dramatically in the lives of everyday people. Together with visionary metaphysical novels, he also writes blogs and archetypal essays on trauma, dreams, spirituality, and intuition. Memberships include the Authors Guild, the Depth Psychology Alliance, the International Association for Relational Psychoanalysis and Psychotherapy, and the International Association for Jungian Studies. And I am thrilled to talk with him again and share him with you. So welcome back to the network, Paul. Pat, it's great to be with you. Thank you. Oh, it's great to be with you again as well. And congratulations on the book win. Oh, yes, that's exciting. Yeah, it was wonderful to, to win that award for a goddess of everything. Yes. Good, good. It's always exciting when your work gets recognized, which yours does all the time. And I spent a bit of time on your website, and I, I want to talk about your blog posts in a little bit, but on one of them you wrote, you say, when I spun out Goddess of Everything, a blood-curdling tale of the affection of one mother for her son and her son's struggle for truth, freedom, and love, readers say it is a wild, crazy, edge-of-your-seat ride, and you say, I remember how the story haunted my nightmares. So, obviously, I need to know more about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a hook for folks, I think, because my, my story writing, my writing always comes from lived experience, from what I've gone through uh, with patients clinically, and then uh, personal experiences of various sorts. And because I am a depth psychologist and I treat the unconscious mind, uh, dreams and nightmares are, are very much part of that, uh, my professional practice. And then, of course, I tend to them in my, my personal life as well. And uh, they inform, they help to inform my writing. Quite often, my dreams and nightmares speak to, to my writing process itself. And in The Unholy, my first. Uh, metaphysical thriller, and uh, then Goddess of the Wild Thing, and then now with Goddess of Everything, uh, actual images from dreams and nightmares presented themselves for the next day's writing. And uh, so they, they guided the, the narrative and the pace of the writing, and uh, uh, readers really found it um, a rather chilling but uh, very inspirational and uh, some of them said it really changed the way that they looked at human relationships. This, this uh, goddess of everything is about mother love gone bad and a son struggle to break free. It's commonly called smother love, uh, but it's, it's popped out into supernatural proportions. Uh, and you, we can see that love is, is a great thing. If there's too much love, what we call smother love, and the person can't breathe, then it, it has its own sort of wickedness. It can turn really bad. And uh, that's what happens in Goddess of Everything. And the son's challenge is then to break free. And how can he do that? He can't find his way through 
and his wife is trying to help him. And this all takes place in northern New Mexico, it, this mystic area of, of uh, this uh, haunted desert beauty, and um, it's, it's, uh, it's quite a setting, uh, uh, a twilight setting, a, a mystic setting for a, uh, a dramatic thriller, Goddess of Everything. Yeah, and it came right out of dream material. Give us maybe a little, just a bit more of a peek into the storyline. Well, what happens is that uh, Gabriel uh, de la Terra is, is, the, is the protagonist in the story. He's, he's a psychiatric social worker, a healer. He's a director of an institute that in northern New Mexico devoted to, to helping uh, emotionally troubled kids in northern New Mexico. And his mother... His widowed mother, who once his father passed away, and there's a whole drama associated with the passing away, the death of his father, that takes place in the opening scene, a very, very chilling opening to the story in a graveyard with his father's being buried. It's a, it's a windy, dark night, and his mother and all of her, her religious friends dressed in black and the wind howling. Uh, and he grows up to have this bonding to this mother who loves him, really loves him. And she's become the head of a religious order because she's freed from marriage. So she, she's a very powerful, charismatic leader who then uh, has this alliance with the church. And she forms her own religious order. And she has her group of nuns. And they, have, they attract uh, other other women to join, and they take care of an orphanage. And um, Gabriel uh, is, is heads the institute uh, in the city, in the small town of, in northern New Mexico that uh, provides mental health services. And, but these children are from the orphanage. Many of them are from the orphanage. And what's happening to them at the orphanage is the mystery and the story because the nuns are revered in the community for their good works, but there's a hidden story behind their good works, and it's, it's propelled forward by this woman that's considered saintly, who is Gabriel's mother, and uh, she's considered saintly, a, a person who gives everything for these poor and needy children. Gabriel is then providing mental health services, and yet these strange things are happening to these children, and they disappear. Uh, and she holds such power, Mother Juana, in the religious and political community. She's a woman of great political and religious power. And this woman who does good, it's his mother, and, and he was raised to love her, and his wife is trying to help him that there's more to see than what can be uh, immediately discerned in the in the world of, of everyday appearances. Mm -hmm. There's more behind the scenes of, of, of what appears to be. And he's caught between the love of his mother and the love of his wife. And his mother keeps calling to him for more and more of his time and his energy and his devotion to her cause that furthers her purpose. And he has less and less time for his own life, for his own family, and he's becoming ill. And he needs, and his own dreams, his own nightmares start up directly addressing this. But he's a healer, and he's been trained to deal with the unconscious mind. 
and his wife is very sensitive, and she's saying, Gabriel, look, look, and he can't see it. It's like the uh, can't see the forest uh, for the trees sort of phenomenon. So you have this man caught in a terrific emotional and spiritual tug of war between two loves, love for his wife, love for his mother, and then what's going to happen to resolve this. Oh, wow. And I'm sure you see, not on such a a grand scale, but I'm sure you see this often within your practice, because I know people personally that, that are torn that way between the mother love and the wife and how that all should play out. Why do you think, why do you think readers love your work? Actually, what I've been told is that uh, readers get caught by the work. They're immediately drawn into the story. Uh, The unholy that happened with, which is about the dark side of religion directly, and it happens in northern New Mexico with an evil archbishop. In the opening scene, again, readers have said, just pull them right in. And it was very scary, but it was even for uh, those who don't read metaphysical uh, and, and more light horror, because there are uh, thematic elements that are, that are horrifying, that they found themselves unable to, to finish reading. So, and then with Goddess of the Wild Thing, it happened a little more slowly, but after about the first 15, 20 pages, they were pulled in too. There was a little slower build there. But here again in Goddess of Everything, the third novel, it, it's right there at the beginning again. And what I've been told is that the, there's a, a hook, there's this intrigue, and, and there's a supernatural dimension in life with, with the suspension. It's an immediate suspension of disbelief, and they've said that they need to keep reading. I write slim volumes to begin with. They're about, oh, about 50 to 60,000 word novels. So this is uh, 200, 225 pages or so. I base it a lot on, on some of the old writers, Algernon Blackwood. Uh, I love I love the uh, the uh, the the uh, sort of hard boiled crime writers. I'm reading. I'm a real fan of Richard Stark, whose whose uh, writings have been brought back by University of Chicago Press. He has this short, very crisp writing style, and that's that's a real art form that I that I hope to grow into. And the readers have basically said, it's like getting at the top of a slide, opening up the book, and down you go. Mm. So it's, it's a pretty smooth read. I'm also thinking with your expertise in, well, based on the work that you do and understanding the human psyche, perhaps there's also some recognition when people read your work. You know, we were talking about mother love and, and how people might even be able to recognize that within themselves or within people that they know. So perhaps there is that bit of recognition that actually might be frightening. That's a fantastic point, Pat, because that's the most powerful force, uh, I believe, that in, in driving a person uh, forward to read uh, a, a novel that they're caught by is that on some level, and sometimes it's unconscious, mm-hmm. we identify with one of the characters or, or something about the whole dramatic scene and the relate it's all about relationships. Good stories are about relationships, love and heartbreak. And then how do we see our way through so that we can find meaning and maybe some healing and, and all stories are about that. And, and we all identify with that. Mm-hmm. And here we've all known somebody, or maybe we've experienced 
what it's like to be torn between two loves. Mm-hmm. I mean, which way do I go? And you, you can feel for Gabriel's wife, Consuela, she, she loves this man, but he can't see what's, what's oppressing him and what's holding them back and what could end their marriage. Mm-hmm. I've had readers really identify with her and others with Gabriel because either they've gone through it or their husband is going through it. (laughs) And and they feel for this man, and it gives them a whole different sense and empathy for for what their husband is going through. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's been, yeah, there are various perspectives, and and it's the characters that really uh, help us to feel something about ourselves and our own lived experience. You're right, right yeah. Right, right, right. You're, you're at a great vantage point here to, to be a writer and to put these books out. And I also have to say that your blog posts are, and I guess the word I would use would be provocative. I am compelled to read them all. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, that's great to hear. Thank you. <laughs> yes, the pictures, the way you write. I highly encourage people to head over to your website to do that. With that, why don't you share the places folks can go to learn more about you and where they can uh, purchase your books? Yeah, thank you, Pat. Uh, my website is com, and uh, then books are directly available on Amazon, of course. I've also noticed that Abe Books has many of the uh, soft cover editions, some of them new, some of them used, and uh, many of those available with free shipping. So Amazon's the best place to go. Okay, all right. And so what's next, Paul? Uh, the next one, yeah, I'm right, I'm right at the beginning of. I'm a quarter of the way through, and my next uh, metaphysical fiction piece is going to be a series, and uh, it's entitled Seer. And uh, it's based on uh, a transpersonal psychologist living in in Santa Fe. And the first story is, uh, the first uh, thriller is Seer, uh, The Case of the Man Who Lost His Soul. This comes a lot from the tradition of uh, therapists writing about case studies. Freud did this with The Case of the Wolfman or the case of Anna O, where you go through these intriguing adventures over with regard to the deep unconscious mind and how it plays out in the lives of everyday people, often with supernatural, but in, in, in deaf psychology we call archetypal experiences, both from dreams and in daily life, because they occur in daily life. Mm-hmm. And you'll see this in Seer. Uh, it's metaphysical fiction. And it takes place in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Dr. Ernesto de la Tierra is the transpersonal psychologist. And people from all over the world seek his counsel. Uh, another another um, historical reference for this is Algernon Blackwood mm-hmm. and uh, Dr. John Silence, who is uh, a psychic detective. He, was, he comes out of the old tradition of occult detectives. And he was a physician, and uh, he treated people with what were called in the 1920s, psychical conditions. Here with uh, Seer, Dr. Ernesto de la Terra treats individuals, again, who come to Santa Fe and consult with him because of deep spiritual and psychic problems. And you're invited uh, into the adventure with this first novel of uh, Seer, The Case of the Man Who Lost His Soul. 
You are a fascinating person. We can talk all day. I really uh, wish we could continue this. We'll have to do more with you just because there's so much more I want to know and talk about. New Mexico is just the most magical place in the world. I've spent so much time there and I would move there in a heartbeat. It's just a just as you said, mystical and magical and a very, very special place. So it's a perfect setting for your work and for your books. All right. Anything we missed before we head out? Well, I just want to thank you for this time, Pat. As always, we've had a chance together on other books, mm -hmm. and uh, I really enjoyed the interview with you, and, and I hope your listeners enjoy our talk together today. So the website is pauldeblasi.com. Please head over there. Check out Paul's books, his blogs. I know that you will enjoy it as much as I do. Paul, thank you for today. And thank you, Pat.